going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Zach Ross of Zachary Ross and the Divine over Zoom video. You may recognize Zach from the band Man Overboard. This is his new project. It's called Zachary Ross and the Divine, but we hear a lot about Man Overboard. Talk about where Zach was born and raised, how he got into music, started off on drums, and then ended up playing guitar and singing because he wanted to write songs. We hear about how Man Overboard formed, about how MySpace played a very important role in the success of Man Overboard. We hear about them getting signed, them then signing to Rise Records, the hiatus the band is on, and all about his new project, a new EP coming out. And the latest song from Zachary Ross and the Divine called A Light Over Massachusetts. You can watch the interview with Zach on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Zachary Ross of Zachary Ross and the Divine. Um, I'm Adam, by the way. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm Zach, dude. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. I really do. No, this is this is awesome. I'm, I'm a huge fan uh, of the music you're doing now. And, and of course, uh, Man Overboard as well. And I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Um, well, um, this is about you and your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. I don't know if you mind touching on the Man Overboard stuff or no, if you want to just leave it out altogether. No, if, I don't mind. Okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I definitely want to get to talk about my new stuff, but I don't. Oh, no, 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 no. I definitely want to talk to you about your new stuff. But uh, since it is a, a probably a big portion of your musical journey, I, I would love to just kind of touch on it a bit to... Dude, and I know it's so early on too with my new stuff. If that's what people are interested in with me and stuff, if that's what people want to hear about, that's okay. No, uh, we want to hear about both, <laughs> to be honest. Cool, man. Awesome. Well, I guess first off, talk to me about where were you born and raised? Uh, Mount Laurel, New Jersey is a town um, about 15 minutes outside of Philadelphia. I grew up where people love diehard Eagles, Phillies, Sixers, Flyers, even though it's technically New Jersey, Philadelphia is backed up against water. So, oh, okay. so the other side is a river. You know what I mean? One side of Philadelphia is a river. Sure. On the other side of that river is New Jersey. So we never really, we're too far from New York to have ever, uh, we're still in that shadow of Philly and we never liked the Giants so we never, like the Yankees are really related to like New York culture at all. It's very, the even though it's New Jersey, it's the Philadelphia suburbs. Interesting. Okay. So That's I'm so hard. unfamiliar, especially geologically with, with the East Coast because I'm from the West Coast. I'm from San Diego originally. Oh, um, so I know California, but uh, the, the, and I recently moved to Nashville. So I'm trying to learn a lot more <laughs> about the East Coast and proximities and everything. Yeah, Philadelphia is there's no East Philadelphia. There's West Philadelphia and then Center City and then there's a river. And then interesting. Bridge. Yeah. So then when you would cross that bridge, you're, that's New Jersey. So I'm, I'm from like right these suburbs right over those bridges. 
Interesting. Okay. So yeah, basically you're in Jersey, but essentially you ever like people from your town claim, claim all the Philly sports. For sure. And like when you're, when you grew up in my town and you get your license, you can get to Philly in like 15 minutes. Oh, okay. So that's the big go, right? You're not going to go down to New York city because that's probably a bit hour and a half. That'd be like two hours. When you're sure that's way more of a thing to pull off. Like we have Philadelphia, like right here. So that was for shows and stuff too, you know, for music and stuff. It was Philly for us. Okay. What about like, how far away is like where Princeton and stuff is Uh, from where I was born, like an hour. I'm more South. Okay. So it is quite far down. Yeah. I'm so, yeah. Sorry, I'm so just ignorant to it. Because like when I think of Jersey, I think of like the Jersey. I mean, in the, in the sound of your band, like, like that whole Jersey saves a day scene. Yeah. But that doesn't sound like that's anywhere near where, where uh, you are. They're a little more north than we are, too. South Jersey gets a weird. Uh, it's misunderstood. South Jersey is misunderstood. I think that in my opinion, and I'm speaking as someone from South Jersey, I think North Jersey is understood. I think North Jersey is what what you all think when you think New Jersey. And South Jersey's a lot of, dude, it's a lot of like, it's like I said, there's Philadelphia and then some suburbs. And then if you keep going West, uh, I mean, if you were to keep going East there, you got Philadelphia, then some suburbs, then farms and then the beach. Okay. Like it's mostly South Jersey, a lot of farms and a lot of the beach. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that yeah, I think he's from yeah. At least his day was from Princeton area, I believe. Yeah, they're but, from uh, like a little more north too, but it's still a similar vibe. When you look at it on this grand scale of the whole country, and you or you're or you're touring or whatever, you meet other kids from New Jersey. You're still like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, cool, man. Well, yeah, uh, well, so growing up there, you said you would go to mainly see shows. You'd go across to, to Jersey then. Yeah, we would go to Philly. Yeah, I mean, Philly. Sorry. Now I'm getting myself confused here. <laughs> yeah, like anything from even if like when you're a little kid, when I was a little kid, if it was a band like I loved, I mean, like a child, I loved like um, in elementary school, I was obsessed with uh, the offspring and I love oh, sure. 11 and I loved sublime. And like that stuff. So like if like a big band was coming and I wanted my dad to take me to the concert, I knew that it was like that was the Philadelphia date. That, was know, the one you'd see. Sure. Yeah. Or I knew because my dad's an avid music listener. So I knew that um, I knew that I, he was bringing me to his. I knew that we were going to concerts in the same building. We were seeing the Sixers. Oh, OK. So I, like it's just like it's Philly. My music is. And then when I got a little older and you get into more like, you know, going to it shows that like you're like a teenager and stuff. It was the same thing. Like, I'll go in Philly. I'll see them when they're in Philly. I'm not going okay. to for that. Like, you know what I mean? Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of that, what, how did you get into music? Your dad was just an avid listener, but it was anyone else in your family music, musically inclined at all? Yes. But, OK. My dad's an avid listener. Yes to everything. My dad's an avid listener. My mother, I get my voice from her. She could sing really good, um, really well. She's from Canada. She was born and raised in Montreal. She used to sing like on radio shows and stuff in like the 60s in Canada and stuff when she was like a kid and a teen or whatever. She was, she has a really good singing voice to this day. And uh, my sister has a, master's degree in theater and oh wow for a living my sister owns a after school program where kids do extracurricular theater like maybe they're in the 
school play, but they want more like travel soccer or something, but like for theater kids, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So that's what she's, so she's very musical. She can also sing and play guitar. I mean, play a uh, piano, but my dad was into like rock music. He can play, he has a drum kit. He messes around on like, but he's like super avid, like knowledgeable, like fan who loves music and raised me like that. And he's into like rock music and, you know, I think uh, was probably honestly my first influence uh, as far as like musical taste was my dad. It had to be mm-hmm. for uh-huh. a lot of people, right? You know, but like he was really, really liked his music. Like he was one of those people. He was like, my dad was a cool guy when, when he was like, not that he's not cool anymore, but like <laughs> when I was like five or six and my dad had a little boy, he was still like a hip dad. He liked you know what I mean? He he liked current bands. He liked like new stuff. He knew what uh-huh. was cool. Like I, in the early nineties, you know, my dad's like, Oh, Bush, this band Bush is going to be like huge and stuff. Like he was like, cool. You know right. I mean? Right. Yeah. He, he was still, like, he was still, yeah. Knew kind of what, what was happening. Yeah, what exactly. Was happening. So I wow. was with like a dude who kind of knew what was up and would buy me. He hung out at um, a record store on Sundays back in like the, late nineties and mid not mid and late nineties. And I would go to the record store with my dad. The owner was his friend and um, they would like just, you know, bullshit for a couple hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd be walking around the store and I, my, while my dad's talking to the guy, I'd be picking out, we'll grab the offspring, I grab Bush, anything, ICP, something that looks like, you know what I mean? Bad, anything bad. And my dad wouldn't like check it out. Not that I think he would have cared, but so every Sunday I'd bring it up to the counter while my dad's done talking to his friend and he'd be, Oh yeah, we'll take these two. Oh, cool. So I got like five new, I remember my babysitters think being like, you have more CDs than I do. <laughs> like it was, he really made, made music available for me. That's incredible. What was the first instrument you learned how to play? The drums. The drums. Okay. How old are you and started playing drums? Yeah, like technically really young like before kindergarten i would sit in it we had it in the house oh you have a drum kit yeah really nice drum kit in in our house my whole life so who, who played it uh, uh in my dad's friend had a baby and was like i can't have these and my and that's the story how the story i've been told and then my dad was like oh we'll take them like that <laughs> sure like that's sick so then we just had them in the garage. My dad, I think, had them with the intention of he would mess around on them sometimes, but it turned into something that I did every day. That's so and, cool. And they I, bought me, uh, then they were like, then I got drum lessons and stuff. By the time I was like seven or eight, I was like going to lessons for drums and they had bought me like a new kit. I wasn't playing like the old garage ones that my dad uh-huh. had more and they were really like supportive of me playing drums. And uh, yeah, it all started with drums. How long did you play drums? Did you play drums up like, were you actually in like the school, like marching band or anything like yeah, that? I, well, it's not marching band, but like the con- the orchestra, like the okay. band where everyone's on stage, you know, the like concert band or whatever. And mm-hmm. then, um, what happened, dude, like honestly was like, I still enjoy playing drums. I still love, I love that I can play drums and I do it to like demo my own stuff and whatever. I was going to say, it's probably pretty useful. <laughs> Was out of, I picked up guitar out of being like, I knew I wanted to, I was only like 12 years old or something. And I knew I wanted to like write songs and I knew you didn't do that on drums. And that's like, was the, the, that's what made me be like, I got that. 
I'm a guitar player. Mm. And it was weird though, because I was only like 11 or 12 making this decision. And I had all this support of being a drummer in my life from adults, teachers. I played drums in a talent show. All the older kids on my street, like, oh, that little kid is really good at drums. Like, it was like a really big sense of like self worth as a child and why I felt like okay about myself. But yeah, probably a big identity for you. It sounds yeah, like identity. So it's funny. I didn't think of it then. Now, as an adult, when I think back, it's crazy to me that I was just like, yeah, no, I got to play guitar. Right. Well, with what I think is interesting, and I'm what I'm wondering if you had this similar experience, like when you as the drummer, you know, a lot of people go right to guitar, right? I'm going to play the guitar. I want to be the singer. I'm going to play guitar. And the drummer always has like the pick of the litter when it comes to because not a lot of people play drums. So if you kids are starting bands around town, I'm sure you could decide if you're it sounds like you're good, like who you want to play with. Right. You can be like, oh, those, those guys are trash. So I'm not going to play with them. But I want to play with these kids. And you can kind of pick and choose more so than if you're just another guitar player or a singer. I agree with that 100%. Drummers have the, if you're a good drummer, you have the power. They're the hardest person to get because it can't, as an instrument, it can be taught, but uh, not quite like the other. There's a degree of it can't be taught. Right. That the other instruments don't have. You can say you can't be taught to play guitar like that, but I can teach you to play guitar. There are mm -hmm. some people that we just can't teach them to play drums. Right. No, I completely agree with you. But that's and what it's... it is. You know what I mean? You can give your friend a, a, a bass and you can give your friend a guitar. You can be like, this is a power chord and play it really simple. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you can't say, here's a drum kit, like just yeah, start beating yeah. on it because you it'll sound atrocious if you just try to make a beat. Like it's, that's, what's so interesting to me is my, it's cool. Like I love talking to people that start off in drums because I'm not a drummer. And it's one thing I wish I would have done that in piano. Um, not that I'm a great guitar player by any means or anything like that, but, uh, my son is six and we got him a drum kit when he was five, four and a half, almost five. We, we got it right when COVID was going on. Cause he's got like a bunch of energy and I'm like, well, here you go beat on this. And we got the electric kit, so the whole neighborhood wasn't pissed off at me. Yeah. Um, but he loves it. I mean, he, he, we moved to Nashville. He's got lessons now. And we're um, in the perfect area for him to have, have a little musical childhood. Right. So I just kind of threw him on it. And, and I'm stoked that he enjoys it because he really does like it. And like he, when we saw like a school orchestra or band doing something he was like mesmerized by like you know the snare drum player and all this so i was like cool like he actually likes it it's not just like me being like well if you want to play music someday at least you'll be able to play with anyone you want because you'll be the guy that everybody desires <laughs> i'm sure that if and it's it could be like me where you know drums got me playing with other musicians it got me uh, you know in front of an audience drums got me thinking about the structure of songs it's and 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 ultimately you know if my point is if your son could have a, a musical journey in life where he plays the xylophone but it still starts with or where he plays the violin but it still starts with this drum the drums now you know what i mean yeah that's what i mean yeah like because if you want to play guitar later in life at least like you did right okay i want to write songs i'm gonna play guitar i'm gonna sing but it's well you still know how to play drums and i'm sure I know that that's obviously been so helpful for you throughout, you know, your career then too, because you can, 
degree of trust, I feel like, too, that I might not have had, like, any another 11-year-old might not have had being like, Mom, like, I, I need, like, an actual guitar. I need a good guitar. Like, I know I don't play guitar, but just, like, trust me. Like, I... Like, I need, like, a guitar. I'm going to get good at it. It's like, right. Well, he, they've been listening to me play the drum kit every day for the last six years. It's third plus, they're like, I believe them. You know what I mean? Right. They know that you're going to, yeah, that you're going to take the time to continue I, to dad told me enjoy it. Because I, like, you know, at some point I've thanked him for supporting me at somewhere. And my dad has told me as an adult, we knew, we never worried about, like, if we had to show out money, well, not that I'm from a super rich family or anything or a super very middle. And um, he said, if we ever had to shell out money or something for your music, we did not worry about it. We knew right. that, that that was clearly like money well spent. Sure. That's that's so cool to have such supportive fa- parents, too, and not be like, yeah, that's cool. Like, you're not going to do anything with that. We're not going to support that. Or you no, need to be playing footballers. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I didn't get I wasn't good at. I was like a little antisocial sometimes and had, I mean, I had friends and stuff, but like I got kicked out of my high school. Like I was, I did not, it was like a blessing for my grand, my grandfather. I probably, the only reason he could not worry about me at night was that I was like good at instruments at Mm -hmm. times, like my teenage years, you know what I mean? I think that was like a thing too. They were like, that's your, that's going to be your way out. That's how you're going to be like, okay. I, I realize now that's how they like looked at me a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No, no. But they knew that you had obviously talent in that aspect like that. This, this is going to be something that you, you can do like yeah. long-term. And even like I had lunch with, I mean, I had dinner with a neighbor of a childhood neighbor of mine. This lady was like, used to babysit me and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we always knew you were going to do music. Everybody knew you were going to do music. That's and so cool. Like, since you were little, 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 little. And I'm like, that is nuts. <laughs> that is so rad, though. So you were playing drums, and then you, how, you said 11? You yeah, started I, wanting to learn guitar? Yeah, because I really started to idolize front men, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. I would, like, it's not totally... A, it's a, like I have an artistic urge to like sing my songs and my feelings and stuff, but I also have this like Patrick Bateman like psychopath. Like I was a little kid mesmerized by like MTV, and I was like, I want that. Like I want that. Not like the being a drummer will be cool too, but I want that. I want. Right. I want to be Axl Rose, or I want to be Kurt Cobain, or I want to be that's like this is me thinking at like as like a child you know what i mean i want to be the guy in the front of the stage with the guitar singing and and then my then i have a music video then we're on mtv and then i'll play concerts and stuff and i'll do guitar solos and i'll get to walk around i this is how i used to think about it too when i was 11 when when i'm from the drummer i can't walk around the stage and if i play guitar i can walk around the stage and also i just knew which isn't true at all. Like if you were listening to this and you're the drummer of a band and you write the songs, there's a million great bands like that, or you're the singer or something. There's a million great bands like that, but I was 11 years old. I did not. Right. So I was like, I have to be the singer of a band. I have to learn guitar and I have to write songs. And in the, in most cases though, during those times too, on television stuff, the the singer was the guy in the interviews. was the guy getting the most attention. And yeah, that's just kind of what it was. It was like the mid 90s that's my that's when i was like a, a little kid 
you know, probably around your son's age watching everybody on TV and huge rock bands and stuff, you know what I mean? And and then before that, it was like, if, if I was born into a world of like, and like I said, I remember everything I remember because of my dad. It's because of my dad, I remember Def Leppard and Guns N' Roses and that era of music and stuff, even though I was like infantile, they're like my first memories are like hearing Def Leppard, uh-huh. like my dad listening to it. So it's like, I just had this rock and roll like thing in my head as a kid that like, you can't, you're not going to be, you, you gotta, you gotta shoot for the stars and you can't do that behind the drums for some reason. Right. No, I, I completely see where you're coming from, especially when you're that young. You know what I mean? Like that's, I was a child. Yeah. I was sure. Like, sure. It's like pre pubescent child. Right. Cause now I look at a guy like Travis Barker and he's like yeah, the biggest thing on the planet. <laughs> he's the drummer. <laughs> and it's like, it's, I really think, and I understood that there were, there were drummers I idolized. I understood you could be a famous rock star drummer, but I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to write songs. That was like, mm-hmm. the other, that was the other half of it. Sure. I, wanted, I wanted to write. I wanted to be the singer, you know, and I, I felt funny. I, mean, I even had a local band when I was like fifth grade where I sang some of the songs and I was the drummer. Oh, really? That's yeah, cool. And people were like, that's so cool. The band with the singing drummer. And I was always like embarrassed by it. That like, is cool. There's not many bands that do that, right? Yeah. But you're like in fifth grade or something. And you just want to be like cool. You want to show all the kids on TV. That, I mean, you want to show all the kids at school that like, you know, about cooler stuff than them. Mm-hmm. You want to go up there and look like Blink or Offspring or something. Not like a singing drummer. <laughs> Not the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, like Davy Havoc or something. Like, I don't sure. know. You know? Uh, yeah, no, I get it for sure. Like, did you, were you ever, oh, you, never mind. You just answered that question. If you played drums in a band, you just, just yeah. literally just said that two seconds ago. But when do you, when do you start writing songs and, and then form a band that is you singing and, and playing guitar? Or when do you start showing people the songs that you're writing? Uh, pretty good question. Um, I was showing, I started showing people stuff I was writing in like middle school. Okay. And uh, yeah, I was pretty unbashful about it, I think. I was like, yo, I have an original. Let's play. I had a band, me, Justin, who went on to be in Man Overboard. I'm mm-hmm. talking seventh grade right now. And uh, this kid, Tyler, we had a three piece pop punk band called Star 69. <laughs> that's funny yeah we were in seventh grade i was the drummer of star 69 i think and but yeah i was but but the kid it was supposed to be justin this kid tyler singing and i remember being like thinking like i don't know like you guys want to hear a song i wrote and then it was like turned like give me the guitar because like this boom and then that like fell apart or whatever and then I think like when high school started, me and Justin again, me and Justin have been in a band together from fifth grade all the way to Man Overboard. Wow. So we So then we started a new band in high school where me and him together, like he agreed with me, like, you're just going to sing and play nothing. Because now we were like 14. No, well, yeah, we were 14 or 15. And we were discovering like, can't, saves the day, can't slow down and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're like, dude. Like we gotta just be like cool. Like let's you gotta get be Chris the day. Like, <laughs> we are we are, we're done doing anything that's like lame. Right. Starting now, 
we uh, like so it was like we wanted we understood that like we played with hardcore bands and stuff that band was called the front page there's we did pretty good for like what we were there's footage on youtube from 2005 of kids like going off in like massachusetts like 50 kids or whatever but like we were from new jersey and we were high school kids it was pretty sick that's cool. I mean, to play up there, right? I mean, to, to actually we do it during yeah. winter break or summer break or whatever, like a lot of bands do. I think at that age, we would go on tour. But yeah, to answer your question, it was that. It was a band called The Front Page. We started it um, pretty much in high school. Mm-hmm. And Wayne from Man Overboard also ended up joining The Front Page before The Front Page broke up. And front page breaking up kind of was the same thing as man overboard forming it like melded it was like one kind of thing joe our drummer man overboard's drummer joe and nick from man overboard they had one band and then me and justin and wayne had front page their band was called a sense of belonging and the sense of belonging and front page just kind of fizzled out each and then the remaining guys were man overboard oh okay so I'm really oversimplifying it, but like, that's not. No, but yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, was it because the four of you, uh, like essentially, or five, it was five of you, uh, essentially like were, kn- you knew like, this is it. Like we're, we're only going to pursue music. Cause I know like around that adolescent age or like the, when you're getting out of high school into college, people are like, Oh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather just go to blah, blah, blah school and get a degree and this and that. And whereas maybe you guys were like, no, we're going to do this music thing. Or did you go to school? I think it, it's mostly, yeah, that what you just said. We did. We all, not all, we like started school. None of us finished. Um, okay. The band got in the way of any of us finishing college. But um, we like had our foot in the door, took classes, part-time. Justin was a full-time student at Drexel, but he went, his major was, um, music industry and he was getting credits for all this stuff we were doing oh that's rad it was rad for him and then, <laughs> so, some of us were like part-time um in school and stuff but yeah it was really what you said like we knew i mean there's like a question of talent slightly not like if it was like you know, the 80s and you're putting together a hair metal band and you're like, we need a guy who shreds. Like, no one needs to be that, like, good. But, like, you needed to be able to play. So you take that into account. And then after that, like, yeah, who's serious? Who's trying to, like, do this? Like, you fit in in this band. Yeah, that was 100% our mindset. You fit in if you understand that we are not playing games. Right. Yeah, we, this yeah. is, like, we're actively going to pursue this as... Like, like we're, we're gonna, gonna go do broke. it we're gonna go broke pursuing this we are fully intend to financially drive ourselves into the wall doing this because mm-hmm. i'm 20 i'm 19 you're 21 like whatever let's just do it now let's ruin our lives now we're fully prepared to ruin our lives over this like that's pretty much what it was sure no cool. I- and if you're scared of that then yeah you're not you can't do it. You're not man overboard material. Well, I just don't think you're material I'm, for any band. I'm just kidding. No, I, I completely agree. I've done a, over a thousand interviews for this podcast. And that's yeah. one of the biggest thing is just like uh, that I've heard, you know, it's keep well, going. Yeah, it's going to you're going to struggle. If this isn't exactly what you know you want to do forever, then you can just get out now. <laughs> yeah, And then you trust that, you know, your songs or your band or your project or your podcast or your television show, whatever you have. You trust that it's good enough that 
if you don't give up, it will, it's only your only the only thing that can stop you is you. Mm-hmm. If you don't give up, you'll it will work itself out. It will work if you sure. don't give up. It will work. The only when you have the mindset that the only thing that can stop you is you giving up, then I think you're in the right mindset for like mm-hmm. any John bands. It's like I said for like what you do for anything like where not even creative for anything where you want to go out for you. Even if I wanted to start my own account accounting firm, something or a lot like if you're going out for you. And you think that you can do it? The I, you just got to get in the mindset where it's like the the only thing stopping me is me. Right. No, I I totally agree with that. And so once this band starts, or once Man Overboard starts, uh, how quickly um, are like? I mean, with the fact that you had two other bands that kind of came together, like were you guys pulling a decent amount of people, and then you know combining the two bands? Did you kind of have a fan base or was it like, okay, we're going to start some, we're starting here from scratch. And how quickly were people latching on to the new band? It was kind of like, we're starting from scratch in our mind, in our eyes, but um, people remembered our bands and it was a tight knit little scene. But uh, what really helped us was MySpace. Oh, okay. Incredible. Like my, we were, we had fans and we had, we were pretty fortunate. Uh, our early shows, people sang along, and I don't, they, you know, I just remember being really stoked. Like a good amount of people were coming out pretty quickly for Man Overboard, but it was. Mm-hmm. I credit that with MySpace, and um, I credit MySpace with that, and also us because, not like saying our music was so good, but me and Nick and Wayne used to. And this isn't the days where people would burn like towards the end of being able to burn a cd we would burn copies of our own songs and then i remember doing it like at census fail saves the day we would burn like 300 discs me nick and wayne go to our boy jim's house smoke like five blunts and burn like 300 man overboard cds then we sit there write all of a man overboard demo 2008 throw them in a book bag go waiting outside saves the day we know they got like two songs left we didn't go to the show we don't care we don't we love saves the day but it was too life ain't about going to concerts right now right right you know what i mean we're at that was 13 dollars you needed <laughs> to burn out cds yeah it's not we're not we're not doing that right that's not what life's about right now so we wait outside with the uh, book bags full of cds and we gave them out we never asked for a dollar wow that we yo we were crazy bad we had attitude too i would talk to you like this you want a copy of my band cd it's free most people would take it and if uh-huh. you said, no i'm good i'd go all right fuck you <laughs> <laughs> nobody we didn't i'm sorry i don't know can i like curse or whatever oh yeah dude you can do whatever you want I that's would, why i yeah. go all right fuck you <laughs> because we i was nobody we didn't we were who cared you know what i mean suck it oh you don't want a free cd fuck you you know right right right. wow now people are probably so like how many people you told like that didn't want the record that are fans now right and then there you're like oh my god i wish i would have just got that once you know i have had people come up to me and say you gave me a free man overboard cd like in a parking lot somewhere and i've been a fan since and i'm like that is so cool you know what i mean that is rad that's like what remind yeah exactly i think that's that's something that it's kind of getting lost is the, you know, people coming up to you and being like, here's my CD. Like, please, please check it out. 
yeah and that's what i mean like the only reason i bring up that we would i would like tell people to screw themselves and shit is because well sometimes when people ask me i've told people to do things like that people don't want it people don't want it i'm like just force them to take it <laughs> like what do you do? what what you're not representing a church or your school right now like it's you you throw it at but literally wing it at their head who cares what are they gonna put it on tiktok it'll be funny like right right <laughs> attention yell at people most people are gonna if you don't do it at like the supermarket go to a saves the day show go to a census fail show that's what we did go to where you think people are gonna yeah. want it right people in your demographic or yeah, yeah in this like we went to, it's not like we went to like you know republican conventions and tried to give it out it was like we were at emo <laughs> shows like yeah like, hey do you, i'm in a pop punk band do you want would you like our demo it's free nine out of ten people are like yeah thank you that's awesome yeah and with that you said myspace also played a big part was that just off adding people as friends and then your song started getting streamed a lot like how did you start seeing success on myspace we had a lot of friends and um we had a lot of MySpace friends, so then, and we had MySpace, you know, remember, had the songs. You could upload songs. Yeah. A lot of people had Love Your Friends Die Laughing on their page. Um, and that really helped. I really, that really helped set that song up, I think, for us. And um, for me, I just remember that, like, when I was, if I was playing a show back then and thinking, wow, you know, there's really, a, there's a lot of people here. I'm like impressed by us, but like, I would think, well, you know, we have however many, I don't remember, 20,000, 30,000. I don't remember. I would think about all the MySpace friends we have. Mm -hmm. And I would go, maybe it's not that crazy that this many people came here tonight. Like, you know what I mean? So I think I always looked at it like, yeah, that's that's where they hear us. That was because there was no like Twitter or Instagram or anything quite yet. Or there was, right. like, there was, there was Twitter, but it wasn't like good. You know, yeah, the early, early, yeah, 2008 was, yeah, I remember, yeah, that was probably right around the time that Twitter started, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that was, that was important to me, and people could, you could, everyone could listen to your band. We gave them the CD, but it said on the, we would sometimes put a little label on the CD if we didn't feel like writing on them that just said myspace.com slash manoverboardnj. It was all you needed to tell people back in those days. It was so cool. And then they could, that's why I miss MySpace like straight up because you could, people could listen to your band. You could remember you people used to just sit on MySpace like in the afternoon and be listening to music on MySpace. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's really cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, even when Facebook came around and kind of took over in that space, MySpace still stuck around as more of the music platform. I mean, a lot of bands stayed there because it was like, the, 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 it became more of MySpace was for music and Facebook was for like, your, yeah. you know, your friends or, you know, what became now everybody in the planet. But it helped us out a lot for sure. I think it roped, and there were the top eight things or you could, you could see like the other bands that were like friends with and stuff. And then like, you know, yeah, it just helped. It, it, it made, MySpace was the first thing that made you look big before you were necessarily. You know what I mean? And I think we're one of the first, you know, we're part of the first generation of bands that got the benefit from that. Sure. Did you, do you feel like you got, and cause nowadays I'm just curious, um, you know, nowadays people like labels and 
and record reps. That's what they are going to, right? Like, okay, how many streams do you have? Yeah. How many TikTok followers do you have? What's your engagement like on Instagram? Like, that's like the go-to now instead of, okay, this band is, is rad. They have potential. I mean, there's not a whole lot of money being invested in development of bands. Do you think you saw that at all with the MySpace success? Like were labels and people reaching out to you based off of your numbers on MySpace at all or no? Like people, like the first person from like a bigger band ever like tried to be my friend was Buddy from Census Fail. Oh, wow. That's cool. Especially since you're out in front of his show. Yeah, it was totally because of MySpace though. Like one day it was just like Buddy Nielsen wants to be your friend. And I was like, really? And and he was just like, yeah, dude, like Man Overboard is sick and we should chill sometime. And because he's from New Jersey. OK. And, and he still lived in New Jersey then. Uh, but so it helped in that regard. So then next so then I hang out with Buddy. So then he's like, oh, you know, I'm adding now Man Overboard has Census Fail in their top eight. Sure. Uh, Census Fail has Man Overboard in their top eight. Like uh, things like that, like worked to everyone's advantage. Mm-hmm. it was just like cool but i don't think i saw any kind of like writing on the wall or anything i was just like i never paid attention to any i was just well because it wasn't as commercialized right as it is now now it's like everyone's got i remember being weirded out when i'd see commercials and it'd be like target would be like follow us on facebook i'm like who the hell would you know like know. That, that, you'd never add target on myspace it was yeah. just like you know what i mean like it just because it wasn't it was cool and it wasn't commercialized and uh so the fact that you know senses fail were on your top eight like that's a huge like flex and everything else but it was also so cool yeah to, do, right. to have that and we were young like we were we were the age of senses fails fans literally. right literally we were the age of the kids in their show in their crowd mm-hmm. we were like it was a flex it was an absolute flex and everything should i think when your band is doing good feel like there's new there's new flexes as life goes on but yeah like the first one that was like the that was just not like a flex but like i remember being like i'm really proud of us that this guy because i loved census fail and listened to them a lot it was not just like i was like oh cool he's in a big band like i loved that band they i loved that band and um yeah so it was like a huge deal to me i would i walked around at night i remember like the summer before buddy like wanted to like know us or we were a band i guess i remember walking around um in my neighborhood that i grew up in listening to census fail on an ipod and then like the next summer i was like in his car and like not that he's like you know tiger woods or whatever but like it was crazy at that age you know he's, he's tiger woods to you at that age i mean yeah, the, there's friend, yeah you know but like it, and I have, there's a million people that I can t- tell you the same thing with where it's like, I'm really fortunate that I've made a lot of friends that where it started off as like a mind blowing relationship to me, where a lot uh-huh. of, a lot of people like that are just my boys now, but, but I guess I'm getting to that. He was answer your question. He was the first one of those ever stuff like that came from my space. Yeah. Well, right. he obviously validated your band too. Yeah. Richard. You- uh, and Stephanie, who used to do drive through records, would like talk to me and never tried to sign us. But like, wow. And they were like the deal, man. Yeah. Drive through was like, you know, they were the cool. They were indie, but they were like beyond indie because they were like endorsed by a major. Exactly. It's how I got on my little 19 year old like ego about man. Overboard. 
it was well, it's like my space or like my swag or whatever just like a little pep in my step it made me know we were we were good i could it's super nerdy right it's like the corniest thing to say i'd like get in my room and go on the computer and be like oh yeah 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 look at everybody loves us yeah but like yeah I right a year before i was a senior in high school what do you want from me no exactly exactly <laughs> like that's what, so it was sick no. And yeah, especially you're at that age and you're being, like I said, validated by bands that you looked up to like, whoa, like, could you imagine? I mean, it's the same thing to this day. If you were a TikToker and one of the bigger TikTok people was like, sure. followed you, you'd be like, oh, my God, like, duh, you know, the day, you know, boom or whatever. But like, like, that's 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 insane how that kind of relationship formed via MySpace. But like, what would you say then? I mean, you guys got signed to a deal. Like, were you just kind of, was the, the band just progressing and progressing and progressing? Like, tell me like an, the next, I know maybe Rise Records are, are signing that first record deal. What was like the next kind of, or what was a big milestone that you remember that was kind of another turning point for the band? Um, they're like, we meet Jesse Cannon and he's a producer and he tells us he wants to record Real Talk. And then um, we also get tight with Jeff Kazaza, who does run for cover records at the same mm-hmm. time. Just did the band. So then that came together. Jesse produced the album Real Talk and run for cover, put it out. Um, and then that did really good. And we toured on that for a while. And then Rise Records actually like tried recording us like three times. And we were like, not interested. Really? Yeah. It wasn't me. I was interested I'm giving them credit. That's why I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. It was no, like, sure. It was Justin and Wayne, and they were being like extremely business savvy. <laughs> In retrospect, I was like, like very like, what? What do we? You're do? like, where do I sign? <laughs> might sign with them. Relax. You know what I mean? Right. And then I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But eventually, we did, and we got like a really good deal because of how Justin and Wayne were. They weren't like rude, but they were just you know they playing hard to get. Yeah, they didn't. Whoa, Rise Records. Oh, my God. Which is like what I probably would have done. You know, sure. Right. As most would. Right. Especially (laughs) in that era. And they so they played it kind of cool. And we got the deal we wanted from Rise. And then um, they put out our self-titled and they put out everything after that. Yeah, that's so cool. That's amazing. Um, And then obviously uh, you guys did you you were going to do the 10 year reunion tour did yeah that was just like covid stuff yeah right as far as it not happening and was it when do you start this new project because obviously i want to talk to you about the new project i know i told you i wouldn't spend too much time on that but i i I love hearing kind of how you ended up getting now to here and and you've got your your new it's a solo project but it's it's zachary ross and the divine correct yeah i can be a pretty give you like a concise put a little bow on it so it's like everybody in man overboard um at the moment so they started having babies and stuff and they people have other business opportunities and things they want to do with their life most importantly is the best sure like it's fucking like all sick shit across the board there's no one from joe to nick wayne justin there's nobody who's not doing like cool stuff Mm -hmm. um people got stuff they want to do and we only have so many years on this earth for me personally i want to be a guy in a band that's my thing um so it turned and it was just kind of like a thing of necessity like when when man overboard wants to do stuff i'll always be there and man overboard will want to do stuff and it's like i said everybody's got other projects and things in life they're focused on right now but when that's 
that's there though. And when and we'll nurture it. And when there's something we want to do, we'll do it. And, but in the meantime, it leaves me with a lot of free time and a, a huge urge to do a lot of things creatively. So I basically had to change my mindset where it's like, not everything is cool with man overboard, but that was like this time in my life. And I need to make, I need to make like a new main band. Right. My whole life. It's been like my whole adult life, man overboard, my main band. And then I got a side project. Mm -hmm. It's got, uh, I need a, I need a now band. It's kind of how I started feeling and I don't. So I made one. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously life happens. Like you said, people get married, they have kids. And then it's like the uh, touring the country or touring the world, you know, 11 out of, yeah, nine, 10, 11 months out of the year, it it can get to a point. It took me me time to realize too, that it was, that it was for me. It's like, not, it was, it was a thing going on in, you know, I think a lot, partially my reaction when they all wanted to do other things was like, oh yeah, maybe I should too. Like, mm-hmm. right. Because I always, there's a degree where I always looked up to everyone and Justin's the only one younger than me and man overboard. Everybody else is older than me. And like, I'm like, maybe I should be, maybe I should get like a real job. Maybe I should uh, try to produce bands. Maybe I should open some sort of business or work at a label, or maybe I should, you know, do something cool. And it took me a few years, honestly, to be like, nah, not me because it's like to be real with you man there is a thing in your head too like i want i want stability i want to be able to have you know a family and stuff so like you trick yourself or i tricked myself for a few years into being like you know i'm just gonna do what i have to do um i worked for ford and i was painting cars like a union job for ford automotive ford and bmw it it was really good money and it was a really good job and I was like, this is it. This, like, I, I was for like a good year. I was like, I'm going to have a house, a really nice house with a pool and stuff. And I'm going to work a nine to five and I'll always have my side projects and I'll rest comfortably and sleep sound knowing that I, a man overboard was banging. And mm-hmm. like, it took me a couple of years to be like, nope. Right. Just as much, just as much as this is not them, this is not me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. Like straight up, you know. Yeah. I got. I have a great job. This is me. Like a couple of years ago, I have a really good job, sweet brand new car, enough money, and I'm like depressed. I can't. I, mean, I can't bear the thought of going the rest of my life like this. Mm-hmm. And it's like we got We need to. Need to make a new band, boys. So I kind of just got like my tightest musician friends from like right now in life and we're the band they're the band wow and were these songs that you had been writing over the course of the years or they were like songs that you might would have you know maybe pitched to a man overboard if you guys were so active or it's it's a good question Uh, the we have an ep that comes out at the end of this uh summer half of Uh it three of the five songs were written for man overboard oh interesting Two of them were written after I knew this was this is how it was going to go. So three of them were written over the course of like the last three years. Two of them were written in the last three months. Once I had like this fire lit under me, like, you know, what I mean, yeah, wow, this is really happening. Uh, and it's it's uh, yeah. So 
partially i'm like weaning you you're you're getting the tail end of like this kind of batch of man overboard songs i didn't get to put it out or keep working on and you probably will for our next couple releases they'll be sprinkled in there but like it's really about like i, I still i still write songs i still think i write songs that are like there's in some ways i still think i'm getting better at writing songs like i don't i don't want to be done I don't see myself, I'm not knocking anyone again, but I don't see myself as one of those dudes who's in his 30s and still always playing my whole set list that I wrote when I was 19. Like, fuck that. Right. I know that's not, that's never going to be me. Like, you know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. it, I, I, I just have too much of it in me still. I don't feel any kind of less, I don't feel any less like piss and vinegar than I felt as far as being like a songwriter than I felt when I was 18, like at all. Uh-huh. So I can imagine like slowing down. So it's gotta be, it's eventually, this is, it's like a new band and new songs, but yeah, there's going to be that initial wave, which it, I think is going to be cool. You know? No. And I was, and I was going to say, it's still you writing the songs, right? You're not going to yeah. just, not it's, not, it's not going to change drastically unless you are like, okay, I'm going to go in this whole different genre yeah. or, you know, whatever. But like, even then you would still probably hear a lot of the sim of similar similarities, obviously, yeah. because it's still you, you behind the, the songs. Mm-hmm. And I sense you're absolutely right. And I sense sometimes apprehension, like everyone trusts me or whatever, but sometimes people like are uh, um, different, like, like our label and my producer, sometimes everybody's got my back at the end of the day, but it'll be a little like scratching their heads at my ideas at first. And I'm telling people like, it's me. It's not going to sound that different. Like it's mm-hmm. me at the end of the day. So it's my voice. It's a song I wrote a lot of the man overboard songs I wrote. So it's still the same guy. I'm still using that same part of my brain. I'm just a little older. I think it's going to sound like I'm a little older. Right. Which it should. I mean, if you, you wouldn't obviously, even if, even if man overboard, if you wrote the same record, if you put out the same record four times, it, it would probably work too. <laughs> you know what i mean some of these new mixes we have that are like the stuff that um we're going to be able to release later this summer that's more of like the newer kind of sound um it's still a part of me is like it, this is what i would be pitching to man overboard in 2022 right like, is this would be i wouldn't want to go it's like i said before i don't want to be up there i, I want i don't want to spend an hour playing songs I wrote when I was 19 while I'm still banging them out all through my 20s and 30s. I don't like I want to play the songs you love, but I want to keep making music is what I'm saying. And then Mm -hmm. also on the same token, I don't want to go up there pretending I'm not I'm not cosplaying like I'm a 22 year old pop punk kid forever. I'm not doing that. Not hiking up my socks and putting on vans and stuff and like pretending that I still look I'm not, it's, it was never a costume, so I'm not going to, like, put it on now. I need to be me, is my point, you know? And I mm-hmm. think people like people better when they're them. Artists, friends, whatever. Yeah, there's something about, yeah, obviously, if it, yeah. if if you're faking it, it's probably pretty transparent. I mean, a, a lot to most people. It then, so I, I would, I know that I would be now, to a degree. It's just like, my songs sound the same, I'm just not trying to be like this, like, go out there and be everybody's pop punk guy i just don't think that's what everyone should totally expect but it's still like melodic poppy catchy rock uh-huh. thick with punk influences like you know 
Sure. I, I mean, it is interesting to see kind of like this resurgence of pop punk and like that emo style kind of coming back. Like I would have never guessed that in a million years. And what's weird to me is like, I grew up on, you know, bands like yours and, and the, or even earlier, gen earlier bands yeah. than, you know, um, I'm 37. I remember going to see taking back Sunday before they even had their first record out. Like, it's like, you know, seeing those bands play for $5 and then they do a reunion show and sell out two, two nights in like a, you know, 1500 cap room where it, it like stuff like that. And like this, when we were young festival, like being announced, it's like, like, yeah, that's all cool. But I, I remember seeing every one of these bands when there was like seven people there. Like it's just, I, for me, not, I just sound like an old geezer, you know, like all disgruntled man, but it's just interesting to see that style of music kind of just do this whole new like wave especially you know with the newer newer artists who are a lot of them are even on that festival which is funny yeah i agree and to be honest with you it's kind of like this i don't know how this makes me sound but it's kind of like my gripe with this style of music too or like this scene and this whole world of, of emo and pop punk and everything i love it and i'm thankful for all it's given me and i'm a really big fan of the music but my, I do, I don't, I, it's not ideal to me when something comes in waves and you could be like, right. oh, everything comes in waves and stuff. But then I'm like, well, I don't know about that really. Like, what about, look at like the, a band like the killers, are they concerned about a wave mm. of any nature or, or you don't even have to be that big, but like, I can only think of big bands because I'm thinking of like real, the strokes, the killers, Kings of Leon, bands who make contemporary music and are not concerned about um, a sub-genre of any nature. Right. Don't worry about the waves. That's how it's always been in my head. I look no. at it, it was kind of bad. No, it makes total like sense, at, right? I'm like mad at people when it's not popular. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's weird to oh, me... I mean, cool to make fun of yourself. Have you noticed this? You like it's you're supposed to be like all self-deprecating and make fun of yourself for when you liked pop punk. Uh huh. Like, why is that the thing? Yeah, and because now it's cool. Which that's what's funny to me. Like the I was gonna say is like to me, looking like just again I'll sound like a disgruntled old man, but like like oh. a get off get off my lawn. But like I, I mean I remember growing up and being in high school and in in bands like you know, that we just discussed taking back Sunday dashboard would come through saves a day or, you know, and I remember going to these shows and, and my friends, maybe that were, I had friends obviously that were into that. And it was like this thing that wasn't that cool. Like, you know, it wasn't the mainstream thing. And now to see it become like this festival that sells out in 10 minutes and people think like, I don't, yeah, like, yeah, again, maybe right. like, like their pop pop, like the, 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 their emo playlist consists of like, every song that came out when it was already uh, like on the radio, like make damn yeah. sure from taking back Sunday is not something that should be on your pop punk, your emo playlist. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree with you. I think all the, the times I've been booked to DJ and emo night in the past few years has warped my reality a bit, but I know that what you're saying is correct. And it's like, um, it hurts my heart. <laughs> at the same time, though, it's like I don't want to be a crotchety old guy. I don't believe, right. like I don't believe in like hanging on to shit. There's a part of me that's also like, yeah, you know what? 
adults are wrong and kids are right about music, no matter what. Right. But then I'm just like, I wish that, I I wish that, I just wish that people weren't so fickle in, in certain, and it's not, I, this is not, I don't mean to sound bitter because man overboard fans are fucking awesome. Right. I'm talking about on a broader scale, like, you know, pop punk's cool for a couple of years, then everybody wants to make fun of it. Then it's cool for a couple of years, then everybody wants to make fun of it. And I feel like that's the cycle. And then I look at people participating in that cycle, and I'm like, you're the dork. You're the dork here, not the guy in that band. No, sure. For yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, because I thought, again, I was on the radio for a long time. I'm, I don't know if I mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, for like 17 years. And about, Eight years ago, I pitched to my program director at the time doing an emo show, like playing emo stuff. And then this is kind of when the emo nights and all that started. Like they weren't pop. They weren't yet happening. And first of all, he's like, you're stupid. No one would care. And then this started happening. I'm like, see, it's happening. We should do this. And he's like, he still wouldn't wouldn't budge. But then I had a buddy of mine that would go to those things. and, and, And I'm like, and I would just be like, this would be my list. Like, here's my hour of music. And he was and he even said was like, dude, like these aren't the songs. Yeah. Yeah. These are too these are too deep cut for the for the crowd. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, he's like, no, man. <laughs> I might have it, but let's see if I can pull up for you right now. A few days ago, I deleted a bunch of my playlists off Spotify, but I have I should have. Oh, here you go. This is an emo night playlist of mine. I'm the DJ, so I can't. This is does not represent my tastes really at all. I can throw in my tastes a little bit. Saves the day at your funeral. Timberwolves of New Jersey, Take Back Sunday. Bite to break skin. This is like getting like as best as I can. Like, yeah, I'm, wanna... I'm listening because I want to see if I can find mine while you're doing oh, yeah. But then I have to throw in Dear Maria, Count Me In. I have to throw in Swing Swing, even though, I mean, that song's really good. I have to throw in Blink Anthem Part 2 because I'm like, I want to listen to Anthem Part 2 and it's Blink, so you guys will deal with it. Then... I try to, this is, this is, I'm trying to get away with murder by playing Thursday, understanding in a car. Crash. Oh, dude. That's okay. only we're in New Jersey. I can maybe do that. Then I apologize for playing Thursday by playing the middle by Jimmy Eat World after that. Then to keep apologizing, I play fat lip. Then I play <laughs> hands down. But uh, my thing is I like to play the acoustic version. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Because uh-huh. that, that there was, dude. So I love did. I love dashboard, but when I heard uh, hands down with the with the cowbell, I'm like this. That just gave. I just turned it off. Couldn't yeah. couldn't. So then it's like I can throw in Thursday again down the line. I throw in Thursday again, but afterwards, I uh, where is it? I have to do cute without the e. Or mm-hmm. uh, I like express yourself again, but then I have to do I write sins, not tragedies by panic at the disco. Like it's like this tug of war for me, but I get it too because I don't fucking care. It's not about me proving to these kids what pop punk or emo is, and it's really not about us listening to what I want to listen to. It's about selling drinks, dancing, singing loud, everybody getting drunk and having like a good night. And I totally like given everything we're talking about aside, I do operate on that level. And like, I understand that I understand that mindset a lot. Like it's very easy for me to go. It ain't about that right now, little baby. Watch me blast all time low. And all these people go nuts. It's crazy. And yeah, no, sure. No, I, I completely agree with you. Cause then I'm, I'm looking at my list and to see the one that I actually, the one that I set up to be like actually played on the radio. And even then I had like, Mike, I'm like, I'm not okay. Ocean Avenue, crush, crush. Uh, but I also had the promise ring. 
Yeah. Why did we ever meet and like uh, take it away and best of me? But I also had understanding of the car crash. You get when you play Promise Ring, you get like one bro who's like, <laughs> right. dude, oh my God, I wish that's so funny that you just said your list because I wish I could show you that this is I'm, I'm going to try to just share my screen for you for one second. I know this interview is kind of going off course. I, don't, I hope I I'm not. I hope I'm not taking too much of your time. No, you're good. I just hope I don't sound like a jerk, like I'm crapping on everybody's fun. I get it. No, it is fun, but it's it's also fun to speak to somebody that yeah, that was also on that same. Well, it's like some people. Space. Think, How do I do this? I also think it's corny when I hear someone closer to our age who's like, "Oh, I'm not going to that emo night thing. That's not real emo." You're like, "Yeah, dude. Yeah, well, you know what? It's not. It's not your scene point contest. That's not like what this is about." Right. Okay. So here was my, this was the one I made for the radio station. Oh my God. Dude, we had the same one. I even wrote hands down off the So Impossible EP. <laughs> and then I had understanding a car crash, but then I also put in the, but I guess that, you know, I had, cause I did an interview here. So I had this whole thing already, but like, I mean, some of these, my buddies, like there's like four songs on here that would go over well. Nothing else would really work. Yeah you have to um kind of you got to play the game you gotta play but anyway the game. <laughs> they're not they're not some of those kids wouldn't want to go to a show it doesn't make them bad people but they they want to go to that they want to go to the casino and drink and right like, a lot of those dudes you have in that crowd might not be super familiar with uh you know the current bands or the but they were really into it when they were younger and they're there because there's a lot of ladies there or ladies are there because there's a lot of ladies there. Or guys there because there's a lot of guys there. Whatever it is, you know, right? Saying people like meeting people, I think at those events, and um, it's fun. It's social. It's it's it's, it's party. Right? right. Exactly. I don't want to say like I said. I don't want to say like grandpa, but like just it's to watch this thing kind of unfold. I'm like, oh my god! Like how crazy is that? This is happening. Um, but I love that we're on the same page with some of this stuff. It's yeah. really cool to hear. Um, especially somebody that came you in the scene and being like have such a successful band within it too it's so it's rad and i love that you're you know we'll back i want to back up to your band now you, the new stuff that you have coming out uh so you said three of the five songs were yeah. older ish yeah. and the one uh, a light over massachusetts that's the one that i've heard is that um that's from old. the that's an old one yeah, so that's about Tim from Transit who passed away. Mm -hmm. um, that was in 2018, I want to say, in February. Or it might have been 19, but whatever year it was, it was. Um, I didn't know that I was going to do Zachary Ross and the Divine yet. So I just wrote that song thinking it was naturally, I was like, Man Overboard will pay a tribute to Tim. Mm -hmm. And wrote this song. But uh, I don't know, plans just kind of changed. Me and Tim were really close. I think that, like I said, I don't think Man Overboard has plans to put stuff out right now, which is totally cool because we can't get together as a unit. Everybody's too busy. But I can do something on my own or with some other guys. So um, I wrote that song. It's like I'm not. It's not like no. It didn't get to the point yet where other people would have collaborated or anything on it. So it just became. I was like, this is gonna be. Tim would want me to. Uh, Tim would want me to if he could if he could lend a hand in the new band he would want to mm -hmm. you know what I mean so it's like here you go baby you got me the this will be the first single 
I love that. Oh. And are the other songs in the record similar to, to that one? Yeah. Okay. That song represents a lot of, um, I mean, it goes different ways on the record, but that song's a nice middle ground because that song has some like pop punk style, but it also has like electronic drums, mm-hmm. which we, which we go and synths and stuff, which we go to on the record a lot. And we will probably forever. And, um, like, uh, yeah, all these extra kind of things that you probably wouldn't hear in a man overboard song are there, but then also the elements that you would hear in a man overboard song are there in, in a light over Massachusetts. So I think it's like right in the middle. It's like not any, it doesn't go in any extremes that the album goes in. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's also, it's like what the song's about, right? Like some of the songs are about girls and just like man overboard. Some of them are about the rest of them are about like me or a girl. So like, if there are a lot, not as this one's a way, this is the most, by far the most serious song on the record by far. I mean, okay. my friend who passed away, obviously, sure. but like, it it is it's the heaviest the, like the heaviest emotionally you know what I mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So figure we just get that out of the way yeah is is that kind of why you wanted to lead with it yeah I think so I think um music I wanted to lead with it um because it sounds like a nice blend of my new style and uh and man overboard and that's really it. I mean, because I know that the next single I have picked up is like way more feel good. Mm-hmm. So I was left with kind of a choice is like, do you want to release a really feel good song and then kind of bring it down? Or would you rather start with kind of a somber message, but then be able to lift the mood after, you know what I mean? So I'd, I'd rather, you know what I mean? Sad stuff first. Mm-hmm. Sad stuff mm-hmm. out of the way. And then, and, yeah, then bring people up. <laughs> next singles, the next single that comes out after a lighter over Massachusetts is a lot happier. We actually, as much as I can say is we shot the music video for it last night. I'm, I'm like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Like I, we got home at five in the morning. Oh so my gosh. A really upbeat song with like a video that has people smiling and stuff in it. So the mood will, so that's kind of my mode of thought. Let's start, let's, you know, pay homage to my friend and, and then move on. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. Are you gonna play? Are you doing live shows for the the record? We don't have anything booked yet, but we have. Uh, we're working. I'm working. Very blessed to be working with my agent um, that Man Overboard had. So um, I know that he's excited about getting us out into different cities and putting us on tour with bands that you probably already listen to if you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. And um, we are really just focusing on recording right now, but we intend to hit the road at the end of this year. And, you know, it's like I said, this is my main band now. So people have been asking me like, are you going to come to Cincinnati? And I'm like, yeah. Are you going to come to San Jose? Uh-huh. I'm going to come are, everywhere. Like, oh, are you going to, are you coming to Nashville? Uh, yes, we will go okay. to Nashville. Okay, cool. Cause that's where I moved to. <laughs> Yeah, we will go to Nashville. We will go to um, everywhere that we can go because I want this to be what I do again mm-hmm. all the time. You know, I don't really want to be home. That's not, I, I want to be home sometimes, but like, I'm happy as a guy who's home a little bit and on tour a little bit. That's all fine with me. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go everywhere. We're going to play every city and we're going to go to every country we can go to. And we're, we, I swear to you, we, 
we plan on doing this band as long as we can and making as many albums as possible. I love it. I cannot wait because I love the song I've heard so far. So I'm, I'm Thanks. really curious to hear the upbeat one. And, and like I said, man, I've been a fan of man overboard, obviously for a, a long time. And uh, it's cool to, to see that you're back out uh, releasing music, man. Super excited. Appreciate it, dude. I'm excited too. Um, I have one more question, actually two, because I'm just curious. What uh, what's your what's your favorite pop that you have behind you? Oh, my favorite, my best Funko Pop man. So you can't even see all of them, believe it or not. There's some over here, and there's some over right my, now. I'll break it down for you. Right now, I'm pointing at Disney. Okay. Anime. Now I'm pointing at rock stars and rappers. Okay. Now I'm pointing at Ninja Turtles. That's all Ninja Turtles. Oh, sick. That's all WWE and Marvel and DC. Okay. I love that. I mean, it's funny. You haven't broken down like that. My family, like my wife and I and our kids like love those things, dude. But there we have so many. It's ridiculous. Them. I think I have about 350. Oh, wow. And we I, have probably have about that. You probably, you, you might have more than me. Yeah. I got like two gigantic, like when we moved from San Diego, it was like we had three huge tubs that we had just dedicated to fitting them all. Which kind do you guys collect? Uh, uh we have the mar my son likes the marvel ones and the star wars ones awesome. and we have a lot of disney ones uh i like the television show like the nostalgic tv show ones like the married with children and uh awesome. friends we have uh and then the music ones too i've we have a, and some of the sports stuff my favorite funko has to be uh i have an original no, my favorite Funko Pop. It's not that like it's not my most expensive Funko Pop, but it's uh Sid Vicious. Oh, that's rad. Okay. So like insane to have. It's like, right. It's it's an insane Funko Pop to have. They're like really rare. But um, I don't think I yeah, I don't have Sid Vicious. I don't yeah, uh, the music ones I don't I have box. blink. Dude, in the box or out of the box at your house? In the box. In oh, the yeah. box. I have uh for music, I'm trying to think. I have the of couple Biggie Smalls ones. I have Morrissey. I have uh, Britney Spears with the snake. I'm only missing, I'm only missing one Britney. And then oh, I'll you, have. All, do you have the snake Britney. one? I do the snake one. That was the first one I got. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, um, I, got, I got Jimi Hendrix, Biggie, Shania Twain, Billy Idol, Blink 182. Everyone, I got Blink 182. Travis, uh, Billy. Armstrong. I have. Do you have? Do you have the rest of Green Day? I have all Green Day. I have. No, I just. Have, I don't have Dern. Ah, oh, I got Dern and Trey Cool. I think I bought them as a pe collection. Yeah, Lemmy from Motorhead. I got Brett Michaels. I have um, Lemmy. I got Slim, Lil Wayne. Yeah. Oh, the Lil Wayne one's tight. Is it the the big one with the that record, the Carter, or, no. or is the um? He's like, I can show it to you. He's uh. It's actually pretty new. This is one of the newest. He only came out on the, he's a Funko exclusive that only came out like a few. Uh, let me see if I can get Oh, yeah. He's, in, he's got a mic stand and a suit on. That's sick. Oh, yeah. yeah. You have the, has the crown. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. I have the My Chem one with the Black Parade like album. It's the big one. It's big. And it, it's got the guy on it. Do you have, oh, you probably have it too. You're grabbing it. Oh, I, no, I'm not. But I, uh, that this is actually what I should have told you. This is my favorite Funko Pop. 
it's Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. Oh, that's sick. It's one oh. of my favorite records ever. And then these are exclusives. These pops, their faces are painted like they are on the on the record cover. Yeah. Both makeup. So I keep that. That sits above my computer that I write music on, that I work on music on. I love that. Inspiration. I have a Tony Hawk one that he signed for my son. So that's a cool one, too. That is sick. Um. But yeah, that's awesome that you have so many, and those are good ones. <laughs> um, my last question for you, because I know I've taken way too much of your time up. Brothers all have that fun. Um, uh, do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Yeah, man. Just like everything I said, like go to whatever the equivalent of if whatever that when I was talking about just shoving those CDs in people's hands and not really taking no for an answer, whatever that equivalent is now, spam. Your pay your followers shamelessly plug your shit. Like, what do you got? 56 followers or something? I'm shooting really low. So maybe a lot of people listen and have way more than that. You know what I mean? Like, say you got fucking 20 followers on Twitter. Spam them with your shit. There's only 20 of them. What are you gonna do? Ruin your life? Like, what are you gonna ruin your uh your reputation? You got you go go ham, annoy people and and shamelessly promote yourself and don't listen to people who say that you're like um, doing basically anything wrong at all unless you see them doing it better themselves. <laughs>